Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Can I tell you something that you might not want to hear? And it is this. The Christian life is not easy. It is not a cakewalk. I remember a silly little song that I've heard sung in the past that says you can't get to heaven on roller skates. And even though that is a silly lyric, it uh, definitely makes a very important point. We just can't skate our way into heaven. Now, let me be clear about something. Salvation is by grace through faith alone. We are saved by grace. We are kept by grace. But in this very book that we're studying, in the book of Philippians, uh, in in Philippians chapter 2, we are told, the Philippian believers were, were told that they were to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so God works in us, and God has worked this salvation in us, all as an act of grace. But he tells us to work out our salvation. And so we don't work to keep it. Uh, We don't work to stay in good standing with God. We could never do that. But however, uh, we are called on to, uh, to, in this passage, chapter 4 of Philippians, to stand firm. Let me read it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Now, before I deal with that stand firm command... Uh, let's look at what Paul is calling them. He said, he calls him, first of all, my beloved brethren whom I long to see. You, you just uh, feel the affection there, the, the connection there. And that, that's, that's what God wants in, in the body of Christ. And he calls them his joy and his crown. And this whole book is about joy. This entire letter to the Philippians, uh, joy is the theme that runs through it. And, and Paul said, here's my joy. My joy is in fellow believers. I, I, my joy is to see the fruit in their life. And he says, you're my crown. And that crown was, uh, the word there was a word that was used of a, of a laureate that went on a, uh, a, an athletic victor's head. And he said, you're my crown. You're the fruit of my ministry. You bring me joy. And and he calls them my beloved at the end of this uh, verse again. Uh, so he, he loves these people. He's concerned about them. And he issues a command from God to them. He says, stand firm in the Lord. That word stand firm there is uh, the picture of a soldier standing at his post, staying at his post, sticking it out where he's supposed to be. And so uh, Paul is saying here, look, uh, here in this Christian life, don't slip up. Uh, work out your salvation. Stand firm. Stay at your post. Uh, it, is, it is not a life of ease. Contrary to what the uh, false teachers of our time uh, are, are teaching, many of them found on, on media, uh, that uh, once you come to Christ, uh, you deserve the very best, uh, very best car, the very best house. Uh, God means for you to be healthy and, and wealthy and uh, pros- 
prosper and and so uh, there in that way so there is that prosperity uh, theology that prosperity gospel and what it is it's a false gospel and uh, life is is not easy on this earth we groan on this earth now um, that's the outer circumstances but there is that inner relationship with the Lord and and here is what Paul said stand firm in the Lord and uh, that in the Lord statement is very, very important. That's where the action is. And so here in chapter 4, verses 1 to 9, we have six ways uh, that Paul is telling the people to stand firm in the Lord. Six commands, really, in these, in these nine verses. Uh, in verse 2, Paul begins with the first one. He says, I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. There it is. There's the first one. If we're going to stand firm in the Lord, we are told that we must live in harmony in the Lord. Now, Paul is addressing two, uh, two ladies, two females there in the Philippian congregation, Euodia and Syntyche. And evidently, there's, there's some kind of uh, dust up between the two of them. And, and it, is, it is threatening to bring down the testimony of the Philippian church. And so uh, Paul says, I urge you, each one of you, to live in harmony in the Lord. And, and, um, and that is actually a command for us as well. Verse 3 says, Indeed, true companion... So he's calling on someone else in the congregation. He says, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow believers whose names are in the book of life. And so Paul is calling on all of them there to work together, help Euodia and Syntyche to work out this rift between them. And, and, and he says, I am urging all of you to live in harmony in the Lord. I like that word harmony there. Uh, when, I, when I hear the word harmony, I think of, uh, of a uh, group of singers singing together, all singing uh, different parts. Recently, I listened to a, a certain quartet sing a song, and uh, there were uh, four of them, and uh, maybe five, and each of them singing a different part. But all of those parts came together in, they harmonized. Uh, they, even though there were different parts, they, they were all uh, on the same page. And that's exactly what God's calling for here. You know, there are different parts, there are different perspectives, there are different members of the body of Christ. We have different backgrounds uh, and, and sometimes even different views of things. But we all come together and harmonize on the same page in the Lord in the Lord. Live in harmony in the Lord. And, and that includes the Lord's words. Uh, we, we harmonize around the faith, around the, the, uh, the essential beliefs, around the gospel. And uh, we harmonize in terms of our personal relationships and how we get along with each other and treat each other. And there's so much that's, be, that's been said in the New Testament about how we live with one another. And so we stand firm before a watching world as we live in harmony with each other. And I remind you that on the last night of his life before he died on the cross and rose again, Jesus prayed that great prayer, that great high priestly prayer found in John chapter 17. And he prayed that we may be one even as, as he and the Father were one. 
That is important. Then there is a second way that's given to live in harmony, and that's found in verse 4, and it's this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Uh, Paul repeats it, repeats it. He says it not once, but he says it twice. And he's already said it uh, back in chapter 3, verse 1 as well. And in that command is to rejoice. Choose joy. Choose to rejoice. And, and it is um, um, in the Lord. It is in the Lord. Not in the circumstances, but in the Lord. Circumstances sometimes are great, and we t- derive happiness from that. But when circumstances are bad, and it seems like in this life, uh, circumstances can get bad very quickly. Uh, but th- th- we don't rejoice in the circumstances. We rejoice in our relationship, our deep, secure, um, f- peaceful relationship with Almighty God. Choose to rejoice and you rejoice in the Lord. The fact that you are saved, the fact that the Lord is working in your life, uh, that He is in the process of growing you to be more like Jesus, and that He has uh, assured you that uh, what He's begun, He will finish. Uh, that was assured right in this very book, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, that He would finish what He begun. So rejoice in the Lord. A third way of standing firm in the Lord is found in verse 5, where it says, Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. The Lord's presence is close by. And the Lord's presence brings a gentle spirit. What that means is it's a generous spirit, a merciful spirit, a patient spirit, a humble spirit, a gracious spirit. And, And we could stand a lot more of that in the body of Christ which would permeate out into the world. Uh, Not only is the world a very divisive and difficult place, many times in the body of Christ we don't get along very well. So let your gracious spirit be known. And that is an important command. Then the fourth one is found in verses 6 and 7, where he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And that word just means earnestly asking. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the command there is, Deal with anxious worry through prayerful dependence on God. Praying. Uh, uh, earnestly asking, asking with a thankful spirit. That is depending on God. Look, we all face uh, uh, anxious moments, and and some of us uh, live at some degree fighting anxiety and worry. And God says the way to deal with that is to come to Almighty God on an ongoing basis, asking and making your requests to him on an ongoing basis with a thankful spirit, and he's promised that he will guard your heart and mind. That, that means just he'll put a fortress around your heart and mind, and, and it is such a peace that it's beyond even human comprehension, the peace that God will give as we learn to rely on him. And then the fifth thing is found in, in verse 8, where it says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And basically he's saying, think right. And, and I'm not going to go into all of those things that were mentioned, but think in a right way, in an honorable way, a right way, a pure way, a lovely way. Uh, uh, think on excellent things, things that are worthy of praise. Think right to stand firm in the Lord. And it all begins in the mind. And then finally, verse 
Number nine gives us the sixth thing where he says, the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And that is practice what has been preached. You know, when you hear the things from the word of God, when you see godly men and women modeling those things, you put those things into practice. Uh, It's not just a matter of learning the truth. It is a matter of applying the truth, of practicing the truth, of obeying the truth. And as we obey the truth of God's word that we hear taught and that we see modeled, as we obey that truth, we can stand firm in the Lord. Well, this has been a good passage, and I encourage you to go back and read Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9 a few times, and just let those things sink into you so that you too can stand firm in the Lord. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.